Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Poor Richard's Cafe and Star Local Media. Poor Richard's Cafe, Plano's oldest restaurant since 1973. They are open daily from 5.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., serving the three most important meals of the day, breakfast, lunch, and dessert. It is true Texas homestyle cooking made with love and grit at his Poor Richard's Cafe, located off of Avenue K in Plano. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor of Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Kendrick Johnson and Devin Hassan. Um, over the last couple of editions, we've been playing catch-up, trying to uh, touch on some of the notable storylines in both girls' basketball and boys' basketball. We're going to stick with hoops for this edition of the podcast, only this time we're going to talk about some of the marquee games that are left on the uh, on the regular season for our respective markets. We're going to go, uh, the three of us, then we're going to bring on Taylor, Justin, and Brian. We're each going to give one boys game, one girls game to watch as, uh, yes, district play is fully uh, is, is underway in earnest. So let's talk a bit about some of the marquee matchups that are left on our coverage docket. Um, Devin, we can stick with you, man. So um, I guess if you want to go said either whether it's Rowlett, Saxe, Mesquite ISD, just talk a bit about one girls game, one boys game. What are the marquee games left in your neck of the woods for the season? Um, on, on the girls' side, I'm looking at 10-6A, and I'm looking at uh, Saxe and Rowlett. Uh, yes. It comes down in so many sports, it comes down to those two teams. Uh, but this, this year is, is particularly intriguing. Um, the Saxon girls have ruled that district. Um, they've won 47 district games in a row, uh, you know, coming off that state title appearance, or state uh, tournament appearance um, a, a season ago. And they've just, you know, you thought they were going to get a challenge maybe last week against Lakeview, who entered that game with an undefeated uh, district record, and they won 73-33. to I mean, it's just been that kind of dominance. Uh, they're uh, ranked number four in the state this week in mm-hmm. the Basketball coaches poll. Uh, you know, they we talked about them before. That that starting lineup all intact from last year. Uh, Avery Krause, the UTEP signee, uh, Jayla Brooks, Tia Harvey, Kayla Demas. They really kind of run four guards around uh, their post at L Tac. Um, and they're the, the prohibitive favorite, and they've barely been challenged, I think, in the last year and a half, or in the last, I'd say, 20 district games, they've had one decided by single digits. So they really haven't had any serious challengers. Rowlett, think they could? This year may be able okay. to answer that call. Uh, they, they've, they're also off to a fantastic start. Uh, Nagazi Openeki, uh, their senior who signed with Texas Women's University, uh, one of the big changes they did was they moved her to more of a point forward. Um, she's still, I mean, she's putting, she leads the team in scoring at 17 points a game. She's still active on the board. She leads the team with nine rebounds a game. But she also runs that offense. And she's just, she's very athletic, very, she's got a you know, great feel for the game. And, and she's made that smooth transition uh, to, to running the offense. Uh, you know, she averages 3.4 steals, uh, almost four assists per game. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, just a great all-around player. Probably the statistics say most valuable player if it were okay. on today. Uh, the other big change with Rowlett, in addition to her shifting uh, positions, is the arrival of two freshmen that have made an immediate impact. Uh, Nevaeh Zavala and Nadia Cooper. Uh, Nadia Cooper is actually a transfer, late transfer in. Um, they both got late stars. They were both volleyball players, so they really didn't get into the system. Obviously, it's freshmen coming in. Uh, that just pushes their um, progression back a little bit more. But um, they've made an instant impact. They're both averaging, you know, right around eight to nine points per game. And having those weapons on the outside, and you know, around uh, the guys, the Obaneki, and they've got other other role mm-hmm. players as well that have uh, that have really kind of fit into to Coach Lexus Hill's system. So. The thing about freshmen is there's so much upside. They're, they're only going to get better as the season progresses. So really curious to see um, how these two shake up. Uh, we've talked measuring sticks in past podcasts. You're talking about basketball. Um, you know, this is the big one on Friday. Uh, you know, can Rowlett give Saxie a serious challenge? And um, again, it's the first two meetings. They also meet in the regular season finale on February 5th. Mm-hmm. You know, so the winner of the game on Friday uh, will have the. Uh, the inside track on the district title, but it may come down to that February fifth game to decide it all. Okay, for my uh, for my girls' game, I was um, I'm leaning towards a game that uh, I've already seen once. Um, this was the district opener between uh, Allen and Plano Senior. They are going to rematch uh, at Plano on uh, January fifteenth. Um, I'm just anxious to see this game just because the first game felt kind of incomplete as far as what I would expect out of how these two teams would match up against each other. Plano ran Allen off the floor in Allen's own gym. Uh, 58 to 38. Um, it was this wasn't even a contest, and very very surprising considering that these were two teams that I believe were at the time ranked in the state's top 10. Yeah, um, yeah. You just you wouldn't expect that you know two teams of that caliber with the kind of players that they have that this would have been a 20 point game. And what and just from what we've seen of these two, it doesn't feel like there's just 20 points difference between these two teams. Um, the big takeaways from that first meeting were um, Allen really struggled against that zone defense the Plano runs. You know, head coach Teresa Durham said after the game that they I mean they had it wasn't for a lack of preparation. They had installed several schemes to attack a zone. Just they, just the the, the light bulb went out, and they just yeah. couldn't figure out what to do. And um, so they had, they had a really tough time moving the ball. A lot of very stagnant offense by Allen. And then on the other end of the floor. Um, I mean, this is probably the more telling thing because I do think in this rematch that Allen's going to be a bit better prepared for that zone defense, having already seen it one time. Uh, the bigger question will be how much uh, resistance do they offer at the rim because Plano attacked them at will in the paint. Um, I, I want to say that I think they only made like one three and maybe every other basket in that game felt like it was uh, it was in the paint for them. So I'm just banking on a more on a smarter approach, you know, on offense by Allen. Um, and then I think you're going to get a much more evenly contested game between uh, the Lady Wildcats and the Lady Eagles. Plus Plus, you get a matchup between two of the top players in the country, Nia Green and Jordan Merritt. You know those two players are you know going to be vying for that district MVP honor at the end of the season. You know should be a should be a great one between Allen and Plano the second time around. Uh, Kendrick, what was your your girls' game to watch the rest Bob of the way? Plano Senior. Um, I, I I didn't see them at B McKinney. I saw the box score. I was like, what? Oh yeah, that was a. Uh... But from what I've heard and what I know from the, the McKinney, uh, Russell Aaron and Fry, their their star guard at twenty eight points. Mm-hmm. She had ten in the fourth quarter. Uh, I know we don't have a close of the year award, but she should be in the running because she closed out um, playing the West of the mm-hmm. day with fifteen in the fourth quarter. Other night they were down by twenty, and she had twelve and almost came back against playing the East. Mm-hmm. And she she's that girl that when the when the money's on the table, she comes up big. And evidently that's 
that's what happened the first time because they were it's a one point lead and I'm playing on God scored by McKinney mm-hmm. twenty to fourteen. So we're gonna see if they can do it again. But I know that was the first time I saw Jordan Merritt in person. Last year she had twenty one and twelve and a kind of a game that kind of swung playing on season. Mm-hmm. Like they went from con- pretenders to contenders. Yeah. So that we're for it's gonna be the opposite this year. We're gonna see if McKinney's pretenders are they contenders mm-hmm. if they can beat them twice because in the big picture where every game counts. I think they're going to need to sweep the Lady Wildcats mm-hmm. if they're going to get in that Final Four. Because yeah, they um, and they, they picked up that win over Plano in Plano's home gym, yes. so they do have the road win already, and they get them. Uh, they get the Lady Wildcats again in McKinney on January twenty second, uh, Tuesday night. That one. Yeah, that, that, that's going to go a long way to tell part of the mm-hmm. 9-6-8 puzzle that is girls basketball. Because yeah, that was the first time that any team had made Plano look human. I mean, Plano just rolled through that first week of district blowing out Allen, blowing out Plano West and then they have no answer for, for Aaron Fry. So yeah, it should be interesting to see. Just a, uh, I, don't, I, I think because she plays for McKinney and they don't got the, the Vazad last year they had the big three. Yeah. So she's kind of like a dark horse because you hear about the marriage. Oh yeah, she's in a district that has green. some of the best players in the and country so it's it really easy to go overlooked. Yeah. You know, she is Aaron Fry is, is, is this legit a score as any as any of those other number one options in this district. And the key is McKinney's going to be is they're going to have somebody else step up. Last time it was Trinity White. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they have um, Aaron Jackson. Somebody, as Shaquille O'Neal likes to say, uh, other has to oh, come yeah, to yeah. the top oh, yeah. when they play because you know Merritt's going to get the errors. Last time, um, sorry, Collins at 15. Yeah. So they know their key players are going to show up. Mm-hmm. So the supporting cast for McKinney has to be ready for that game. Yeah. Let's uh, let's shift gears to the boys' side of the uh, of the hard court. Uh, Devin and give me that. What is your boys' game to watch the rest of the way? You know, I'm looking at 11-6A, uh, which is is kind of it's it's been an odd district so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you got the two East Texas schools, and it's so hard to, to gauge just how good they are until you get a few games of district play under its belt. Uh, for instance, last week uh, Longview enters the game against North Mesquite. They're 21 and three. And they're two and zero in district, mm-hmm. and North Mesquite beats them by thirty four. So that's twenty one and three team. What was it? Was by thirty four? It was North Mesquite. Uh, but uh, you know, it, it's just so it, it's so, so it's North Mesquite's going to be a factor. Horns going to be a factor. Obviously, Longview's going to still be a factor. But my game to watch out there is Mesquite and Rockwell. Um, I think just their bodies have worked so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, put them. You know, I guess just a, a little up on, on a different tier thus far. I mean, again, it's it's, it's going to be wide open. But you know, Mesquite has something to prove this year. They had their 15-year streak of making the playoffs snapped last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost to North Mesquite in the regular season finale to fall into a play a playing game. Then North Mesquite double dipped them <laughs> to knock them out. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to throw baseball, softball out here. Even though um, they're about to pra- start practicing, uh, but you know, I, I just Mesquite's fourteen and six over. Uh, you know, fourteen and six. Uh, Cody LeBlanc uh, is one of those guys that just uh, unlimited range. Mm. I mean, you know, he'll he'll pull up four or five feet down the three point line yes. and, and can knock them down. Those are so much fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and and you know, you know, DeAndre Heath, another guy in the backcourt that's a capable scorer, more of a slasher to the basket. Uh, they do have some size in the middle with Grant Stewart, six uh, six, uh, can run the floor really mm-hmm. well. Uh, they're a deep team. Traditionally, is deep when they've had the when they have, they have their had their better teams. Um, and I just think, and Brockwall though right now, I think is probably the class of the district. Yeah. They've uh, they picked up some. You know, they've been state-ranked for most of the year. They've knocked off several state-ranked teams. Uh, Samuel Williamson, uh, their standout uh, 6'7 guard, is signed with Louisville. He's, you know, we talk about those guys that are capable of putting, you know, scoring 30, 40 points a night. 
he's one of them. Yeah. He's, he's proven it time and time again. Uh, Alec Grandstaff is, is a guy that's capable. He's a streaky guy. Last name is but, plenty familiar. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, basketball yes, lineage. Yes, and so you know, it's, it's in that family line. You know, the yeah. ability to you know, once they get hot, I yeah. mean, they, those those guys tend to go unconscious mm-hmm. sometimes. Uh, you know, Brady Moore is a six six four, gives them some size. Uh, Jackson Smith, they're. Uh, you know, the football standout wide receiver. Uh, he's playing a basketball. Oh, okay. Athleticism awesome. alone, <laughs> it's, it's enough to create some highlight real plays. So, um, you know, I'm just I'm thinking that game. Uh, February first is is when they meet, uh, and I. I a lot still to be written, but uh, I think that game could be for the district title. I'm working uh, for my boys' basketball game, kind of like my girls' selection. I'm working with a game that I've already seen once, so you know you kind of extrapolate some of the more interesting subplots from that game and just how it might materialize in a rematch. And I'm going between a matchup between the projected top two teams in District Nine Six A, Allen and Jesuit. You know, I got to see round one of the uh, of the matchup between both teams who ranked in the state's top five when they met last Wednesday. Um, uh, Jesuit got a uh, got the W in a, in the in the in the gym of Allen's freshman school, the Lowry Freshman Center. Uh, Jesuit was able to storm in, come away with a seventy eight to seventy two victory. I'm um, in a game that um, had all the energy that you would expect out of a game between two of the best teams in the state. You had Jesuit and just their just army of three point shooters just getting just going nuts from the outside, knocked down thirteen threes. They overcame a forty two point effort by uh, Allen's you know star player Isaiah Stevens. Um, so yeah, I mean. Don't know if you can bank on another forty-plus point, but for my safety, for Allen's sake, they better. I mean, I'm sure they're hoping that they don't, just because. I mean, they that was the big story was that like it was really the first time that you had seen like Allen just go to those lengths to lean on Stevens because they just could not generate offense elsewhere. Um, the one thing about Allen is they've got a lot of players that are really good at attacking the basket, but the style of of uh, defense that Jesuit plays a very pack line style, and they just really did a good job clogging up lanes in the paint and forced a lot of Allen's role players to really kind of. Uh, you know, kind of second guess once they were able to put the ball on the floor and just the openings either to the rim or you know a kick out pass they just weren't there like they had been in the past and Allen really had a tough time generating offense beyond Stevens so I'm going to be interesting to see just how much they've evolved you know how much they because I mean this is a young team at the heart of it Allen's still really young so there's plenty of time for them to grow from that develop a you know a much a much better better offensive game plan to, to counter that uh, that style of defense the Jesuit plays plus I don't even think we got to see that matchup in its truest sense because Jesuit's best player they're big man Julius Marble got hurt two minutes into the game so they still went without him but in a sense like you know talking with uh, Allen head coach Joe McCall afterwards he said that you know Jesuit's coach said that that almost kind of I guess took uh, took some of the stress off of Jesuit and they were just able to play with much more freedom and they just let it fly because yeah, I mean they will put you know four guys on the floor that are all capable of knocking down threes and they all four of them had a green light and they I mean they did a really good job stretching the floor on Allen looked every bit the part of one of the best teams in the state so I'm um, and plus you know it's going to be at Jesuit this game is going to be January 20 Fifth Friday night Jesuit student section always brings the uh, brings the goods. So I'm uh, yeah I'm anticipating a fun one in the rematch between the uh, the Rangers and the Eagles later on this month. Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm picking back off of that. I'm yeah. looking forward to see McKinney go. I want to see how McKinney matches up with the height. Yeah, because they don't have no big guys that can deal with that problem, mm-hmm. but they can match up with those shooters. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of defense Coach Watson come mm-hmm. up with. But I don't know how they're going to solve that six eight pro- problem. That's going to be a problem. He's, Julius Marble's a tough yeah. problem for everybody in the district. <laughs> That's going to be a, a tough one. And then um, 
it'll be interesting to see how McKinney responds to on the road because, you know, in this district, playing on the road at home is mm. completely different. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that stuff lines up since it seems like Jesuit, everybody's putting as the class. So mm. you, you don't know where you're at unless you swing on the bully. So we'll see <laughs> if, if McKinney will swing on the bully on the road and see what kind of results they get. When do we get Allen and McKinney? Allen McKinney's like um, next week, I think. That's a, uh, as an honorable mention, um, obviously we talked on Monday at length about Byron Scobie and Isaiah Stevens. It'll be January 18th. You know, two of the premier scorers we'll sure in the district. And, uh, in McKinney, I'll be there. Okay, yeah. So I see Mr. Stevens in person. I haven't seen Mr. Stevens. We'll probably so. get a lot of, uh, I, I'd imagine those two will probably go for at least 25 apiece in that game. Feels like. <laughs> he put the prediction, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know who's going to win, but <laughs> feel like at the very least, you know, because you know those players are competitors and they yeah. want to show out against each other. So, And they'll probably be guarding each other for quite a bit of the game, too. So. Does Allen want a lot of man? Yeah. So, yeah, it's January 18th at McKinney, and then the rematch will be February 12th at Allen. Going big picture, I think it's going to be difficult for different teams to zone these teams in 9-6-A. Mm-hmm. They have too many people that can bust you up. Really? You don't want to zone mm-hmm. any of these teams. I'm pretty sure Jesuits got a neutralized with the big guy, but uh, from the little I've seen with Allen, you don't want to zone them. Don't want to zone McKinney. Even them play no teams, you don't really want to zone up. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting seeing how they match up because I think this district, in a weird way, you see the microcosms. It's it's um, set up to launch pad to like three or four teams mm-hmm. going deep. Oh, yeah. Always. Uh, no no shortage of talent in district no. 6A for sure. So let's um, think about football. They don't think about basketball. Hey, y'all sleep on these hoopers. Go check these kids out. Yeah. They can play. Let's. Um, so we're going to shift gears then and bring Taylor uh, Taylor Ragland, Justin Thomas, Brian Murphy on to talk about some of the standout games in their necks of the woods. Uh, but first off, got to shine that student athlete spotlight. And for this, we went out to Plano East to talk with uh, with the standout uh, for the uh, for the Lady Panthers, Tavi Diggs, committed to TCU on her uh, standout season and the a youthful Plano East team and how they're progressing. And we will see what Tavi had to say after a word from the sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. How's it going, everybody? This is Taylor Ragland out here at Plano East with uh, Lady Panther senior star Tabby Diggs and TCU signee. Um, Tabby, I guess the, the first question is uh, kind of a big picture one. Before the holiday break, you guys were 1 and 2 uh, in District 96A, a pretty tough district, but you know, coming out of the break, you guys have won three in a row uh, in pretty impressive fashion, including a win over West this week, in which you had 30 plus, I believe. So, you know, what's kind of been behind the turnaround, and how important was that break for you guys? Um, I think that break, it was really important because we played in the Sandra Meadows tournament and then we got to see more talent and then compare ourselves and compete against other other teams that's not in our district. And so I think we learned a lot from playing in the Sandra Meadows tournament and then that turnaround, we had Plano right after that, after we had lost to Duncanville. And so I think that was big. We were all ready. We came and practiced the next day, just working hard, going through that 2-3 zone, just trying to make sure we had enough to win because I told them, after we had lost, we were one and two, lost that tough, tough loss to Allen. I was like, I'm not losing any more district games this round. And so I think me telling them that, and then it just revolves, it just reflects around everybody else. And then I think we all had the same demeanor coming out, finishing right. this second half, of, uh, first half of district. Right. You mentioned the Plano game. Obviously, you had a pretty big bucket in that one with, with 10 seconds left to put you guys up. And then, as I mentioned, you had, uh, you know, 30-plus against West this week uh, for the win in that game as well. So, you know, how important is it to you to really show out for your senior season and, and for those games, especially those rivalry games? Uh, it means a lot because... 
you know, I'll never get these games back. It's what my parents tell me. And then, like, especially the rivalry games since I played against these girls in middle school and just, like, I remember them A-team and B-team tournaments and just, like, just building those friendships and, like, it's a rivalry. I'm not going to let you beat me beat me in middle school and stuff like that, especially with um, playing on West. Right. Coach Morris talks a lot about how you guys have a real mix of, you know, upperclassmen and underclassmen, old and new, kind of. Um, and I know that it's been important to you to, to kind of step up and be a leader and, and distribute the ball and, and really try to get everybody involved. How has your game maybe changed a little bit to do that? And, and how do you feel you've done it that this season? I think my game has changed differently. I think for my junior year, I was all scoring and being more, uh, I got to score the ball first to win. I think now if I pass it and then rebound, set a screen, and like it just helps my team and gets them going. And if they get going, it's like you can't stop. You can stop one person, but you got to stop all five. And so I think it gives my teammates, especially the younger ones, the freshmen, the confidence to score. You know that they're not just giving me the ball. It's not that type of team anymore. It's just everybody can score. And if everybody scores, we have a chance to win. Right. Speaking of, uh, you know, everybody scoring and everybody chipping in, that Plano game especially, I thought Kendall was really good. Yeah. You know, not a freshman, but a sophomore, so you guys have some chemistry there. But what have you seen from her this season, and, and how have you kind of, uh, you know, helped her game along and helped her grow up a little bit? I think Kendall Kendall's a great shooter, and I think if she gets her shot off, it's going to – it would probably go in. So I think me setting screens for her and then doing the ball handoffs really well so she has enough space to get her shot off and then making the right passes, making sure you hit her shooting pocket so she, all she has to do is just go up and then run to the basket and rebound and she misses it. Right. Getting back to district, I guess, you know, this was a district that had a lot of hype coming in. I think, you know, preseason five of you guys were ranked in, in the top 25 in the state by, you know, the Coach Association and all that good stuff. So, you know, what's kind of the mental attitude you need to have to, to play every day in this district and, and take on these teams when everybody, it seems like, has a star player and, and everybody can play with everybody? I think the mentality that you have is that any you can be anybody as long as you uh, hustle, rebound. I think any team is beatable, but everybody has to come out hard and strong. You can't just, like let the star player just go off you know we got to contain play good great defense great team defense is what's been really helping us right so i think that's one of the main things is a team great team defense and offense they can't score if we have the ball so taking our time on offense and really counting the possessions that we have and making sure we do what we can with each possession is very important right a little bit of a surprise and prosper you know making the jump up to uh to 6a and, and really showing out and and running through districts so far including through you guys so how much motivation is there in the second half to you know not only play well as a whole but you know get another shot at, at those girls uh, it's like very important because Morris has been stressing that we got to get those two games that we lost to Allen and Prosper game so we've really been working on that but we also got to get the Plano West game can't can't let off so it's going to be really important I think I really want to go 6-0 and next round in district so what's your uh, your main goal for the rest of your senior season main goal uh, I really want to win district that's it just really want to win district Absolutely. All right, Tabby. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody. We'll get back to the second half of the podcast shortly. Uh, this has been Taylor Ragan out of Plano East with uh, Plano East star senior Tabby Diggs. All right, welcome back to the second half of this edition of the podcast. Once again, I'm Brian Murphy. That's Justin Thomas. That's Taylor Raglan. And we're, we're sticking with, you know, big games on the hardwood, on the boys and the girls' side. Uh, you know, second half of, of district play, and almost all of our districts is really starting to to heat up and ramp up here down the home stretch here in, in January and February. And so, 
you know, some teams have already played, some juicy matchups have already gone down uh, in a lot of our markets, and they'll rematch, and some teams have yet to, to play each other uh, so far this season. I, I don't know where to begin. There's so many good ones. Yeah, uh, that, on makes the it, that makes it tough when you have some teams that still have two games against each other coming up and stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, who, who comes to mind when, when you think of two of those teams? Um, for me, I'm going to... Mm-hmm. Uh, look at District 6-6A, and okay. kind of on both sides I'm going to look at, and we'll stick with what's coming up shortly. So the girls in 6-6A finished the first half of District on Friday. The boys have only played four games, so they still wow. have kind of half their first round of the round robin left. But uh, big games on Friday in rivalry games, the Axe Series on the hardcourt version, Louisville and Marcus. Um, both of these games are going to have big playoff implications on both the boys' and the girls' side. Um, I guess just to kind of recap the standings where we're at right now. And on the girls' side, you have MacArthur in first at 6-1. and one. Hebron is all alone in second at 5-1, and one, coming off a big triple overtime win over wow. Louisville uh, last night. And then you have Marcus and Louisville tied at 4-2 and two for third, and then Flower Mound just behind their heels in fifth at 3-3. Three and three. So uh, on Friday, Louisville goes to Marcus, and you know whoever gets a win there is going to finish the first half above 500, and they're going to be pretty solid footing in terms of the playoff chase. Because uh, they both already have wins head-to-head over fifth place Flower Mound, so whoever wins that game Friday is going to move to four and three. The other one's going to drop to three and four and be alone in fourth. And um, so obviously that's a big, big game um, in terms of you know the, the mm-hmm. footing that they have in the standings going into the second half of the round robin. There on the uh, the boys side, it's a little different because uh, obviously you haven't played as much, but you have kind of, in my opinion, a little surprise. Capel four and zero, MacArthur four and zero. Then you have Hebron three and one beating Louisville last night, and so you have a tie for fourth between Louisville and Irving Nimitz with Marcus right there at sixth at one and three. So if Marcus can pull off the win over Louisville on Friday, that will get them to two and three. Louisville will drop to two and three. Everybody, would, everything would kind of get a little more jam packed, mm-hmm. but a loss would drop Marcus to one and four and put them in a real tough spot. Um, I guess one thing they, Marcus does have going for them, they've already played Coppell, MacArthur, and. Hebron. So their three losses are to the top three teams in the district. Uh, Louisville, conversely, hasn't played MacArthur, let MacArthur yet. Their losses are to Hebron and Coppell. So when did they um, play MacArthur? Uh, that would be, let's see, I think that was the first game, so I think Tuesday okay. they would play. Um, but yeah, with, with so, so many of these teams not even playing each other once, it, once yet, two meetings, it's kind of hard to you know, mm-hmm. pinpoint one game, but that's the one that on Friday, you know, especially if um, Louisville wins, you know, that starts to see some separation between Marcus with Flower Mound and Irving both at 0-4 already. I really thought Hebron would be the team to beat, you know, especially after what they did to, to Little Elm. I know you yeah. were at that game. They beat him pretty good. I mean, R.J. Hampton got his, but the yeah. rest of the team did literally nothing yeah. uh, in the stat sheet, at least. And so I, I really thought Hebron would be that team that would be 4-0 and, and, and not Coppell right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, MacArthur's looking like a good team, and mm-hmm. Hebron was right there with it. Hebron and Coppell haven't got a chance to play yet. So... Obviously, a chance if Hebron could win that one to mm-hmm. get back in the second, and you know, obviously they'll have a second game with MacArthur. This whole district looks really tight. Marcus only lost to MacArthur by five last night. Um, it's a pretty tight district. You know, Coppell mm-hmm. is four and zero, and Flower Mountain's now zero and four. Coppell needed a tip in at the buzzer to beat them last night. So, outside of Irving, I think Irving's pretty clearly the you know the eighth place team in this district. But outside of that. I, it's pretty competitive. I think you're going to see a lot of close games and a lot of a lot left to be decided. Even though the standings are, um, you know, starting to take a little form. Let's stick with six A. How about those Prosper Lady Eagles? Man, I, I'm actually going to talk about. 
two Prosper teams. Oh, okay. Two Prosper games. Okay. So we can go. We can go with the girls first. Um, I was out of Plano East today. Um, you know, for that interview with Tavi Diggs that you guys saw uh, in the intermission, I guess is is the word for it. But um, you know, Plano East is on a bit of a resurgence here. Uh, they were one and two um, heading into the holiday break. Come out of the holiday break, and now they're four and two. All of a sudden, they've beaten Plano. Um, they beat uh, McKinney, I believe, uh, and and they just took down Plano West last night in a game that I talked about with Tavi. Um, and they're kind of on the upswing. But then you have Prosper, who I wouldn't even call on the upswing. They've just been at the top. I mean, they're mm-hmm. undefeated in district play, took down Plano East in their first meeting. Um, I'm kind of like JT where, you know, 9-6A especially, the boys have only played four games. But yeah, the you girls got that are, big district you guys yeah, started so earlier. We yeah, the girls are about to enter the second half. Plano East is done already with its first half. They have the bye Friday. Um, but that game against Prosper is January 19th. Um, and, and I think it's going to be, I mean, if things hold, that could be a potential district championship type game because, you know, the Allen girls have, have struggled a little bit, have lost to some teams that, you know, we figured that Allen would be close to the top, but but they've had some tough sledding. They lost to Prosper last night. Yeah, absolutely, for, for Prosper to stand defeated. Um, you know, Plano Senior... Three and two, um, you know, having three and two or, or four and two, I can't remember. No, three and two, that's mm-hmm. right, because Plano East, I think, is the only one that's that's played um, the full that's slate right. of games. But, you know, they have, obviously, talent and, and can sneak up on some people and, and make a run in the second half. But, you know, it's shaping up to be kind of Prosper and Plano East at the top. So if you look at it, you know, that way, six games left for East, that could be the biggest one. And, and that's not to discount, you know, in this district, it feels like everybody's kind of cannibalizing everybody. I mean, everybody can beat anybody on any mm-hmm. given night. Um, McKinney Boyd has really been the only outlier um, as far as you know wins and losses and, and still winless. But you know Allen could turn it on the second half. Plano could turn it on. Um, Plano West, you know Jaden Owens has been hurt for Plano West. If she comes back, you know they become even scarier. Than, That's been than, huge. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's been a big deal, and they've still been competitive. So if they come back, who knows? But you know right now, as as far as where things are and, and the standings and the teams at the top, I have that one on on January nineteenth. Circle man, it, it should be a good rematch, especially between Jordan. Oliver and Tavi Diggs, they were, you know, straight up last time and, and really dueling each other, and Oliver won out in um, a pretty tight game, got a little bit away from East at the end, but should be another good one in, uh, in mid-January. Oliver is really playing at the top of her game. I've seen, oh, yeah. I saw her play against McKinney and McKinney Boyd. She was sick in the game against Boyd. She still dropped 30 points. Flu game? It was, it was her Jordan Oliver <laughs> flu game. It was, yeah. It's funny, three weeks ago, there was, what, four or five teams, uh, girls, nine, six, eight teams, mm-hmm. ranked in the, in the state. Now I see just two. Yep. Allen and Prosper. Allen number 10, Prosper 15. Prosper just beat Allen. Yep. Interesting to see. Allen monitor following, that. Falling, falling. Yeah, and see if, if Prosper climbs into that, that top 10 there. So, you know, other girls' teams that are in the, uh, in the top you know, rankings in the state, you know, Frisco Liberty and Frisco Lone Star. They played last week in an overtime thriller. Um, Lone Star, you know, they ran through the table last year, destroyed Liberty, destroyed everyone, and then this year, you know, in the rematch, they were down by 15 in the second half. They needed, you know, a, a late rally, a late crazy comeback, uh, and overtime to beat them. And, you know, I'm looking at that game, you know, that's going to decide the district the district championship on that girl side, and like you were mentioning earlier, that district's already, you know, more than halfway through. Yeah. They've already played nine yeah, district games in that district right there. Frisco Lone Star's 9-0. Liberty's 8-1. Liberty's only loss is to Lone Star. That game will be, it was I think it's February 5th, the very, very last game of district. So that should be a fun one, basically a playoff primer uh, to get ready for that. Adriana Quezada is filling in really nicely for Mallory Adams, who's killing it uh, at San Diego State. But with that said, since we're shifted over to 5A, JT, there's a big... Uh, Big 5A game next week. Yeah, 
looking forward to the uh, the big man, Little Elm rivalry that, game. That that rivalry, man. Like it's yeah. like when when Little Elm beat South Garland last month. I was talking to R.J. Hampton after the game. He told me. I asked him, I was like, is this your, you know, playoffs aside and what have you, was this the biggest regular season win? He was like, man, this is this is the biggest win I've ever had. And then he was like, and then he brought up the Colony for some reason. He's yeah. like, oh, outside of the Colony, this is the biggest. Yeah. And I was like, the Colony is really that, it's that crazy. It's that intense. Yeah. And, you know, it's that wild. And I I guess it is. And this it's funny when you mentioned that Little Elm Hebron game that I covered mm-hmm. earlier. And at halftime of that game, there was a big kind of a, <laughs> I don't know if you recall seeing this on Twitter, but a big dance off between the. Uh, the two crowds. Uh, <laughs> oh, I did not see that. Yeah, there was a couple people on the Little Elm side and a couple people on the uh, human side at halftime, you know, kind of going, dancing mm-hmm. off back across the court. And I just remember a lot of pe- a lot of talk after seeing that video of, you know, especially people at the colony saying, well, if you thought that was crazy, just wait how lit it's going to be for when <laughs> Little Elm comes to the colony. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to be walking out to the bathroom or the concession stand on Tuesday at halftime of that game. It should be a fun halftime in addition to, to the game on the court, which should be a really good one the for way sure. it's shaping up. And the Colonies is off to a red-hot start. Yeah, they're, they're like seventh in the state. Seventh in the state. 19-4. and four. Yep, they just gave Northwest all they could handle. Mm-hmm. Um, had a six-point lead after three quarters before coming up a little bit short. You know, they won. They beat a good Louisville team that I saw last night, uh, last Monday after the tournaments. You know, they had a good showing in the tournament they hosted. Their only loss was to Wiley, a state-ranked Wiley team. Mm-hmm. They ended up winning the tournament. Um, so, yeah, they're playing playing very well. And um, they have senior leadership. They play really good defense. They have, you know, they don't have to lean on one scorer. They have multiple guys that can score. Um, so, and they played Little Elm, you know, pretty good last year as well, especially mm-hmm. in that second meeting. And Coach uh, Rusty Siegler, head coach at Little Elm, he told me something interesting uh, the other day. He thinks this is the best team the Colony has had in the nine years that he's been at Little Elm. And that's saying a lot. You said they went to state a while back yeah. or a few years ago. Yeah. And so that that really is some high praise. And, you know, it, it's showing in, in their wins uh, and in the box scores and, and whatnot. So yeah. that's going to be a fun one. They made, uh, they made state in uh, 2010. Um, that might have been right before Siegler got just there. before he got yeah. there. But, but yeah. still, nonetheless, man, that's when he told me that, I, I my jaw hit the floor. I was like, yeah. This well, they're just a good sound team, well coached by Cleve Ryan there, and they you know they're gonna be right in there. I think it should be a good game. Safe to say, either myself or Justin will be at that game <laughs> yeah, somebody's next gonna week. Be out That's there. next Tuesday, January fifteenth, something like that. I think it's the fifteenth. Yeah, uh, Tuesday next week. But yeah, lots of lot yeah. on our plates for these next few, next few weeks. A lot should be uh, basically whoever wins that one is probably going to be the second the team that has a chance to top Northwest, yeah, especially yeah. with Northwest. Well, that's another thing. I, I don't want to overlook Little Elm in, in Northwest this Friday. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's a big showdown. I'm, I have a big preview on that. Um, but Little Elm, they just you know they needed a late rally yeah. to beat Den Ryan last night. They won seventy one sixty nine. Yeah, uh, they were down in that fourth quarter. But you know Northwest is beatable. You know the yeah. Colony almost beat them. This yeah. that. This whole Northwest, the Colony, Little Elm, that trio right there at the yeah. top, it's going to be a lot of fun. To Dent, right, I saw them play the Colony, too. They're a feisty little team. Yeah. That, could, yeah. that know, district as a whole, I think, is, mm-hmm. is turning yeah. out a little bit less top-heavy than, than mm-hmm. we thought it would be. But mm-hmm. before we wrap up, I wanted to, you know, as I alluded to mm-hmm. earlier, you know, the Prosper Boys team, I, I told you I would talk about them as well. And, and the context is, 
because there's a there's a real murky middle, I guess, kind of mm-hmm. kind of forming in, in nine six eight boys as opposed to um, you know kind of a, a district where everybody can beat everybody. There's definitely some teams that have fallen toward the bottom of the of the nine six eight boys standings, but you know right in the middle there, um, literally dead in the middle. Prosper and Plano West are both at two and two right now through four games. Uh, Prosper got the better of them in the in the first uh, matchup, uh, and and that's right underneath what appears to be a pretty solid top three in Dallas Jesuit, a McKinney team that I don't know. <laughs> many of us saw coming in this way, but but has played really well. Um, only loss, I believe, is two Jesuit, and then Allen, who's again, I think the only loss is, is two Jesuit. Mm-hmm. So you know, those top three could be going back and forth, really, for you know the, those top three playoff spots. But that fourth one could come down to Prosper Plano West right now. I mean, Plano Senior McKinney Boyd both one and three. Boyd, I don't expect to yeah. you know hang in there late. Plano Senior could make a little bit of a run. Who knows? Um, Plano East zero and four. Um, I think they're just young and, and really trying to find their footing. But so Prosper and Plano West, you know, Prosper, another team. You know, we're learning our lesson about Prosper. We we all have kind of been a little bit slow on the uptake as far as them coming yeah, up to 6A. Yeah, they seem to be transitioning well. I think we can yeah. rule that out. As yeah, we can safely say maybe, just, yeah. just assume they're going to compete in soccer and softball and baseball. Yeah, well. maybe <laughs> just start actually picking them to make the postseason. We'll see. But um, I think at the end of January, January 29th, it looks like Plano West has to go to Prosper in, in that rematch. And, you know, the way it's shaping up, that could be a game that determines, you know, who gets that fourth and final playoff spot, uh, potentially even better than that if they go on a run against some other teams. So, Prosper, you know, heavily involved in, in a lot of my teams and a lot of postseason discussion, and, and the Eagles and Lady Eagles are, are certainly making a 6-8 name for themselves this season. Prosper proving all of us wrong <laughs> in all sports right. so far uh, in the 2018-2019 season. But that'll just about wrap it up for uh, this edition of the High School uh, Sports Podcast. Here's to local media. Once again, I'm Brian Murphy. That's Justin Thomas. That's Taylor Raglan. We'll talk to you next week. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.